0: Sports Radio, 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting,
1: fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back and going right to the phones and joining us as he does every week at this time, or at least one of his compadres from Tightline Outdoors does, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing good, and uh, I I know you're driving, so you probably missed early in the show, and we talked about how Mother Nature, a week or two ago, made us think we might be fishing the ice on the front range here, and then (laughs) then the the weather got nice, and uh, there's some great open water fishing going on right now that people don't want to miss. And there's a few ice opportunities opening up uh later on in the uh, i mean the higher elevations but boy it's sketchy you got to really be careful but tell me what what do you see going on out there
0: you know Terry yeah conditions are are obviously changing i mean you know again where i don't want to say I'm, i want to promote the ice we want safety and things change so much but i mean you look at october 31st so you know the friday essentially uh before thursday that we did the last radio show, Antero was a hundred percent capped. So literally in October, on an October date, Antero reservoir was a hundred percent capped, and guys were literally walking all over the lake, which is unheard of in history. Um, you know since then the ice has diminished rapidly with obviously the warmer temps and high winds. Um, so literally, I would say on a daily basis, but you know, a week ago there was a lot of people fishing a lot of the waters in the high country as far as ice is concerned. Um, Now a lot of things have changed, and, I mean, some of these waters have 100% percent de ice and are back to open water fishing. Some of them are still fishable, some are not. So we're really in a a wide-open opportunity. Um, If I were going to the hills, um, I would be prepared for anything bring your ice gear bring your open water gear um, you know and whatever has the, the best opportunities I would I would take advantage of them um, as far as the, the true opportunity personally speaking um, you know I look at the seasons I try to plan everything obviously as a as an ice angler I jump at the opportunity to get on ice but with that being said I also want to take advantage of the best opportunity. Everybody knows between fishing and hunting, I try to lay out a calendar, and I avoid sleep, and I try to take advantage of all the opportunities that cholera has to present. Uh, as far as as getting out there. So for me personally, I am doing a ton of walleye fishing right now on the boat. Our water temperatures are cold. The walleye are biting. We have opportunity at big fish. uh, We have a ton of big bass going right now. So even though we have some ice opportunities, I know that come December, once most of these lakes close for boating, I can jump onto that ice and take advantage of those situations then. So I personally am putting all my focus on the boat for walleye for big smallmouth. Um, and then once that ice forms a little harder, once I don't have the option of the boat, uh, I'm going to get on the ice and hit that really hard.
1: Well, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. No one's more avid about ice fishing than I am. And I love being on the ice, but... The, the true opportunity right now is this fall bite with the bait fish being stressed and what's going on in our lakes and uh, that colder water bite that spoons and jigging wraps and blade baits seem to work well for. And of course there's morning and evening bites. There's just a lot. And to tell you the truth, Nate, I never got my ice fishing stuff ready yet. So I'm better off. I'm ready for the open water right now.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Terry. You know, and I want to say too, I mean, look at, obviously catching fish is a is a major goal of everybody um and i can tell you there's a lot of anglers that have a style a lot of anglers you know they only want to catch fish a certain way personally speaking as a guide uh, as somebody who has to catch fish we do whatever it takes if it's fishing live bait we fish live bait If it's trolling we troll um you know we look at the catch rate opportunity more so than the style But as we get into fall, we start getting into that reactionary style of fishing. So right now there's a good crankbait bite trolling, which is fun, uh, but there's also some jerkbait bites. There's also a lot of that reaction jigging, uh, jigging wraps, blade baits, things like that. And those opportunities are fun as an angling style. So when I go out to... Chatfield, Cherry Creek, and I'm fishing blade baits. I'm fishing zigging wraps. Um, that style of fishing is fun. The fish isn't hard. They hit it aggressive. It's reactionary. Um, and it's a lot of, of entertainment. So there's a lot of times where you look at, particularly this year, where I look at Pueblo, I look at Chatfield. Those two fisheries right now are probably going the strongest. Um, I have a jigging rap bite at both these fisheries to where these fish are, are hammering the bait. And we're catching a lot of fish. And I mean, to be honest with you, in a calendar year, I wait 11 months for this bite. It's a short bite, it's basically a November bite. Um, you know, so I wait 11 months for this opportunity, so I want to take
2: advantage.
3: I
0: want to get out there and have fun with, with that style of, of a bite. So, you know, for me, again, even though the the ice bite's on, um, having those big walleyes mixed with some of those big bass, pounding those jigging wraps right now, it, it, it's very interesting.
1: Now, I use a lot of spoons yet and a lot of blade baits, and I came, you know, I really cut my teeth doing this kind of fishing. Before, the jigging wraps were thought of as more than just an ice fishing bait. And I have a large selection of them, but, you know, they're, they're becoming so effective in the open water. Can you give somebody who maybe's never bought a jigging wrap before a few tips on what to look for?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing that, that I'm doing with those is bigger is better. Um and that's the one biggest thing that I think a lot of guys might make a mistake on. So if you're gonna do I mean, nowadays there's a ton of options. I mean, the original was the, the Rapala jigging wrap, um, which is still my go to. But you know, since then you have gliding baits and there's a ton of different options, even from Rapala. Then you move into the Moonshine Lures with the Shiver Minnow, and there's a ton of options in that style bait. Me, personally, I fall right to the original jigging wrap, and my biggest thing is I try to keep things as simple as possible. As a guide, you have to have every color and five or six of every color to make sure that you can provide a good quality guide tip. So I pick one bait that's efficient, and I stock up on the colors and the quantity of those baits, uh, opposed to having you know fifteen tackle trays of, of a of a gliding jigging wrap style bait. So for me, I stick to the original jigging wrap. Um, in fall, at all of our fisheries, you can break it down to a couple colors. I love fishing the glow color. I love fishing the perch color and then your naturals. Your naturals can be the blue top, silver bottom, your, your black top, chrome bottom, even your red top, chrome bottom. Um, all those natural style baits really do well as far as color. But I fish the bigger size. So my small profile is a size 7, which is a half-ounce bait. My larger profile is that size 9. You see a lot of guys fishing the smaller baits, and with this style of bait, there's times we're fishing it in 8, 10 feet of water, but there's also a lot of times we're fishing it in 30, 40, 50 feet of water. Um, so for me personally, with a really reaction-style cadence, I have better control with a heavier bait. It's easy for myself. It's easier for my customers to take that half bounce, that three quarter ounce, that three-quarter-ounce bait and make long casts, really have a heavy, aggressive stroke on the way up and most importantly, have that control as that bait falls where you can feel that bite when those fish grab it. So 100% for me, bigger is better. Um, again, I see a lot of guys with the smaller baits, and those are the guys that tend to struggle with their cadence. Um, you know, that bigger bait, you can still catch small fish. You can still catch numbers of fish. You're not eliminating anything by having the bigger bait. So for me, it's all about the jig and wrap, size 7, size 9. Uh, that glow color, that perch color, a lot of those natural colors. Um, and I'll tell you, you could have a great day on the water with those baits.
1: Do you cast them out, or do you fish them pretty much vertical below the boat? You know, I would say on the
0: average day, I probably do 80% of the time is casting. Uh, just to, like, cover more water, that the, the entertainment value is there. But for me personally, any time that I am deeper than 20 foot, 20 foot's the magic number. If I'm shallower than 20 foot, no matter what, I am casting. Uh, I very rarely ever drop vertical if I'm in shallower than 20 foot, just because those fish get a little weird with the boat. Once you get deeper than 20 foot, you have the option of going vertical versus casting. Now, if these fish are really stacked up on the tip of a point, uh, they're very stacked up for whatever reason, um, I will vertical jig these fish. It's fun. You can see the bait. You can see the fish react to the bait uh it's great as a learning curve to to anglers that are new to fishing that style bait um but generally speaking casting i cover more water Uh, i'm not spooking the fish with the boat so generally speaking i'd say i'm casting but if i'm in deeper the the vertical presence is always an option to me
1: all right so um we need to get more into the style of gear you use for this we won't cover that today but maybe in the upcoming weeks but if you were going to, let's talk a couple spots to go fishing because we're going to have a beautiful weekend. And then I know you want to update us on what's going on with the deer population. So, got today and tomorrow, the Broncos don't play, the weather's going to be good. Where would you head?
0: Absolutely. You know, if I was into water and out, in the chat Chatfield, your your Pueblo are both on fire. So I'm seeing a lot of fish in deeper water. So I'm looking, if I'm going to be on that trolling bite, I am looking at flats in that 20 feet to 25 feet of water. There's a ton of fish feeding on, on larvas, bloodworms in that flat. So that's a key presence for your trolling bite. As far as your fishing these reaction baits like we're talking about, I'm looking for deeper water structure. So I'm looking for roadbeds, points, underwater content. that's going to be in that 18 to say 25 feet of water dropping off to deeper water. Those fish are stacked up in those key zones. So just in the last couple of weeks, we saw a big migration of some of these bigger fish hitting that deeper structure. So 18 to 25 foot dropping deeper uh, is going to be a huge cadence for you at Pueblo. Things like the, where the shallower portion of bogs flat drops deep, all the road beds that are cutting in and out of all the bays, all the points out there, same thing. Um, I'm seeing fish as shallow as 15 feet at Pueblo. I'm seeing fish as deep as 40 feet. Um, and actually, some of the deeper water at Pueblo right now is offering a major multi-species day. Um, so I have a couple spots at Pueblo right now that I'm in, say, 25 to 30 feet of water, dropping deeper, and on that structure, I'm getting walleyes, I'm getting smallmouth bass, I'm getting wiper, I'm also getting some giant catfish. Um, so I can pull up into one spot at Pueblo and I can catch all those species in a day, which is pretty fun. You know, you you catch walleye, you, know, you get an 18, 20 inch walleye next drop. You know, you get a 10, 15 pound catfish, and you get big wiper Um, so it's hard to beat that action down there and all that's happening on those jigging wraps Uh, but again shallow water presentations are available all the way out to that deep water so really a, a versatile bite down there at Pueblo as far as depth range and species range.
1: All right that sounds very good now I know you wanted to give us an update on the deer movement too what's going on there? You know yeah I just wanted to do a quick touch
0: base you know we talked about that second rifle season how we had you know temperatures of negative temps, so we had snow, and really we saw a lot of deer kind of coming out of the timber, coming out of their migrations, uh, moving into their their breeding areas to take part of that rut. And then weather kind of warmed up, snow melted. We actually saw a lot of the bucks retreat for the first part of this rifle season. So we're in the third rifle season right now, and really. The deer were there that opening weekend last weekend. They kind of retreated that Monday, Tuesday, and it was actually kind of a tough hunt. Um, but really, just in the last couple of days, I would say that we are now in, I don't want to say full swing of the rut, but we are definitely seeing new deer every day. So if you're a hunter, I would say that you should be seeing 15 20 25% new deer every day. Some areas are seeing a ton of new deer every day um so that's the biggest thing so early in the week i'd say you had to go hunt and find bucks themselves the does weren't uh coming into play in the last couple of days now if you have does in the area you could hang around those does and you will see new bucks showing up daily to check those does um, so that's the biggest thing really just in the last couple of days if If you had a frustrating first part of your season, um, hang in there, because the last couple days have been huge. Uh, Today and tomorrow for the remainder of that third rifle should be pretty epic for the hunters out there. Fourth rifle is lining up to be full swing rut, which is really exciting for those hunters that have that tag.
1: No, a lot going on. It's tough to pick sometimes, and uh, I think the way you opened it, but uh, you know, sleep is overrated this time of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm actually heading right now for a whitetail hunt. Uh, super excited to be a part of the launch of the brand new Bowtech bow, uh, the Revolt. Uh, we launched that bow on Friday. This is a bow that you can 100% tune without a bow press. So you can literally tune this bow in camp, in field, in your truck, in in your house uh so literally one of the most revolutionary you there can you hear me
1: i can now yeah i lost you for a second all
0: right so bowtech revolt make sure you go to the bowtech instagram page or bowtech on facebook uh you'll see me here in the next five days uh in the field with this new bow so i encourage everybody to go check that out
1: you think that's a bow that i could even harvest a deer with I tell you what, Terry, I, I think that uh, this bow will change every
0: bow hunter's uh, shooting ability and perspective on archery hunting, for sure. Uh, uh,
1: that sounds great. Hey, Nate, you uh, travel safe, and we will talk to you again in a week. I'll be a we'll, couple we'll weeks. talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Nate Zelinski. always great information. Tightline Outdoors, if you want more information from him, uh, you know, tightlineoutdoors.com and Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook... If you had been following me on Facebook, you would know that after this break, our next guest, we're going to start our legendary ice fishing series with people like Dave Gents, Steve Panaz, Greg Claujo, and today Brian Bro Brozdal is going to join us after this break. Everybody who's into ice fishing knows who he is, one of the most famous ice fishermen in the world. I've been privileged to spend time on the ice with him. And we also are going to do a trivia question um, when I come back from this break, you're going to have a chance to win a $50 gift card and all, so much more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. Oh. More, more dire more straits. The Once you oh. hear those guitar licks, there's no, you know, immediately. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. We're going right to the phones. As I mentioned, we are um, starting our Legends of Ice Fishing series, and we're going to have, over the next several weeks, some of the most renowned names in the ice fishing world, uh, none more so than this gentleman that's going to join us right now, Mr. Brian Bro Brosdahl. Good morning, bro. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing well, but I think you got better ice fishing weather up there. We, we got really cold, and people were ready to go and got out on a few of our lakes, and it warmed up. But there is a pent-up demand. Some of our lakes are still fishable, but you've got to be really careful. But we're a week or two away from really taking off. Before I even get to you, though, i got, I got one thing I have to do. We're going to do a trivia. If you follow me on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, you would know that uh, Bro was going to be on today and that he was going to talk ice fishing. You would also have seen that Karen posted 20-plus years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors trivia. And when we do that, that normally means we're going to have a question. Now, you're all sitting there dialing your phones right now because you know the answer to the question, but we're going to take a text today. So the first one to text at 303-713-1043, that's 303-713-1043, we put the name of one of our longest-running sponsors on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, in the trivia and whoever, the first one to text us, that's going to get a $50 gift card from that sponsor. Now, bro, back to you. Um, you and I have talked a lot uh, over the years. We've been fortunate to spend time on the ice together. Uh, ice fishing has come a long way, my friend.
2: Oh, absolutely. Ice, ice fishing has changed. Uh, it's, it's not about being cold and just doing it because winter is long. Winter is long. Ice fishing is comfortable, clothing, electronics, technology has really changed everything. Being able to find fish again and again and see fish, whether it be by a sonar signal or an underwater camera, and then finesse, you know, uh, rods uh, and line and tackle that's uh, designed to be as light as possible or as heavy and small as possible, um, lifelike. Uh, uh, things, and, and ice fishing is about as technical as open water now, and there used to be a difference. Open water used to be really technical, and ice fishing was more of uh, something to do. Well, now ice fishing is a major sport, and everybody loves to do it.
1: And we're going to take a few of these in layers. In fact, I'm going to talk to you for about five, six minutes, put you on hold, and come back and do another maybe eight minutes with you. But what I wanted to let's you brought up the clothing and the electronics. Let's talk about that first. Um you know shelters and electronics revolutionized portable shelters ice fishing but then the clothing got so good what have you seen happen with the clothing it's unbelievable now
2: Oh it's it's amazing I mean every every feature of clothing bibs and coats um boots and gloves and there there's so many options out there uh it, it's it's amazing but it's they're light you you don't have to layer underneath these these suits and gloves. now, it's it's just a matter of a dressing like you would dress if you're going to go shopping or you know uh, wherever you'd go. Just a casual, and then put on the suit, and you're ready to go in extreme uh, temps. Uh, you no, know, barring not forty below stuff, there there you still want to have a little uh, little layering. But even in uh, gloves, uh, I've, I've got gloves now that have uh, ceramic in them, and and insulate and and it's okay it's
1: okay to say this does manufacturers what you use so go ahead
2: well well i i helped uh fish monkey uh is a company that designed clothing to help your skin stay out of sun like it was a, a florida company but they wanted to break into the ice market yeah believe it or not from florida and i worked with them hand in hand to create gloves they don't care about any other category because all there's so many suits out there it's unbelievable but gloves there's no good gloves they they fall apart they get wet so they created a waterproof glove with ceramic dust in the membrane of the glove which retains heat and actually spreads it around kind of NASA stuff and then a thinsulate a waterproof liner on the inside now a lot of gloves have waterproof liners but then they get wet and then you got this big heavy glove when you grab a fish or something and it's soaking wet this has a water resistant outer core and a waterproof inner core, so if you do get it wet, you're not going to have a frozen mitt. And uh, just light and warm. And everything I, I, uh, I pushed and pushed to get into this glove, and it, it turned out to be you know really affordable. It, it's you know for a glove of this magnitude, eighty nine bucks, um, which will last you forever. But goat skin, we just tried to uh, uh, leather, goat skin leather, uh, in the in in the glove and. Uh, you can use your cell phone with the glove on, but you got to check them out. It's the Yeti from Fish Monkey, and I've been working on this for a year with them, and I hope uh, people love it because I've froze my hands. I've had frostbite in my fingers and my face, and once you get frostbite, you lose that. Uh, you, you just don't have the resiliency, but I love ice fishing. And it ain't stopping me, and these Fish Monkey gloves are going to help me get out there, but that's just one example and a really cool example and it's a mom and pop or uh, company. It's a small company, so I I, I gotta reiterate that to support the small companies. Fish Monkey, the Yeti Glove, they're you know, like the creature in the Himalayas. Yep, uh, just a great great thing. And uh, you know, and as far as suits, there's a ton of them. I mean, I couldn't even uh, pick. There's so many out there, but I still have my Frable suit, and uh, and I don't really get cold legs. You know, we all know it i am wearing a bibs i'm wearing bibs so i can stay waterproof kneeling and and i'm always in a hoodie sweater and but when it's really cold you have to have a coat but i fish outside a lot and i have fish houses named after me the bro series uh pop-up house i have a bro series a sidestep house and they're awesome and uh, i like being out in the air i love how how clean the air is how It's so different. There's uh, all your particulates. There's no mosquitoes. There's no wood ticks. I just like everything about winter. It just feels so clean and renewed. And you're on the ice. You can have an entire lake to yourself, and maybe not all the time, but you can have an area to yourself. And you're standing over the fish. Such a unique thing. And when you think, and all you people out there who ice fish a lot, remember, you don't get any closer to the fish than right under your feet. And it's really a unique thing. And uh, technology helps us get to right there. And, and, Terry, you've seen it from the beginning, and so have I. It's just amazing uh, how far it's coming. And you wonder how could it go any farther than it does, and it always does. It, I, it keeps going farther and farther.
1: I tell you what, bro, When I come, I'm going to put you on hold. When I come back, there, there's so much sure. I would like to talk to you about, but two things I want to address. We'll take them in order. And one of them is what you call deer stand fishing. And the other one mm-hmm. is fishing from the top down instead of the bottom up. We'll take those two subjects when I bring you back, okay? Sounds good. All right. Burl Burrowsdahl, we'll put him on hold, You'll and we'll have more ice fishing on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. By the way, our winner of our trivia was Gary Fink and The answer was one of our longest-running partner, which was featured on our trivia um, information on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, was A&A Toppers is one of our longest-running, continuous-running sponsors They've been a great partner to the show. They support the outdoors. And for knowing the answer to that question, Gary got a $50 gift certificate to A and they have so much you can buy with that. I mean, you can put it towards a topper or a, a grill guard or a rug bed, but you can put it towards WeatherTech mats, or they've got coffee uh, coffee cups that go in the car and holders and phone. They've got every accessory imaginable. So check them out at Toppers. Thanks for them donating and for being a partner for so long. Now let's go right back to the phones, and if you'd been following us on Facebook, you'd also know that we're doing our Legends of Ice Fishing series, and today we're talking to Brian Bro Brosdahl. Uh, bro, when we went to break, um, I know we're only going to have time to cover a few things. You and I could talk ice fishing forever. We were part of what was kind of known as the revolution, you and I, where we got people to get off just sitting on a bucket or in a big house you couldn't move, and to start attacking the lake and moving around, and if you're not getting fish, don't stay there, don't waste time, move till you find the fish. Well, maybe we went overboard a little bit, because there's times when moving isn't always right, and you kind of call that deer stand fishing, don't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, when you're setting up a deer stand and you're really an avid hunter, you walk the whole woods to make sure that you're not going to start out in the morning and have someone right next to you or uh, a spot that's really kind of lame. you want to make sure there's good travel there's uh, uh animals in the area well with fishing if if the spot looks good if if it has if there's base in there if there's rocks there's features there's weeds everything that it, that it needs to have uh these are spots uh that i pick to have a set area in a deer stand sitting area because fish swim they're not just going to sit there it depends on barometric pressure obviously or weather movements but when fish move naturally through you catch them and and I've got spots that I I could set up they're just so good and they have all the features you need that you you got to wait them out you got you got to sit and wait them out and especially on walleye and uh big jumbo perch um and then of course panfish crappies have, have a tendency just to show up in basin areas and as we talked the other day trout they never <laughs> stop swimming but really cool Featured areas will hold fish, and these are great places to set up. Not so much an encampment, but more of a stable area. And when I'm guiding in the wintertime, and I don't, I don't, I don't have that many trips in the wintertime. Uh, maybe a couple dozen trips. Sometimes it's it's setting up a house. We fish around in our portables or on the ice, and we might hit multiple lakes, but we always end up at the walleye house. And I pick spots that will, that that house, a big house that everybody ends up at night will have fish over and over every single night. And how do you find a spot like that? You fish the whole lake and cover a lot of water. And when you find that spot, that feature, facing the main lake with food and all the comforts that the fish need, those spots really are great over and over. And it's rare to find stuff like that. But when you're moving a, a great big fish house around, and I love the fish house, here's a trick for those New guides out there, if you end at a big fish house, you could settle up and leave early and they can stay as long as they want if they know how to lock it and shut the heater off.
1: (laughs) Now, now let me, let me, I want to expound on this a little bit because when the first portable shelters hit the market, and I was actually one of the original founders of the ice team, and we, and we did, um, Greg Claudio and I used to host an event called the Minnesota Masters of Ice Fishing. And it was all based on attacking the lake and moving and not staying where there wasn't fish. And we got almost evangelistic about it. And like I said in the intro to this segment, I think we overdid it a little bit because there are times like you just you just described. And sometimes we were moving just to move, not moving because it made sense. Now, I'm still a huge believer in mobility, as I know you are, and, and finding fish and attacking the lake. But trout, you mentioned trout. Trout tend to cruise a lot. If you have an area that you're pretty confident trout are going to cruise through, um, and uh, you know, give it more time. Give them a chance to come through. Maybe have three or four holes at different depths right in that area that you switch back and forth to. But don't be so quick to give up on that spot. Um, but the problem was that too many people sat on one hole all day, never knew if they had fish. Now, finding those spots, it used to be the best way to find them, was to go out in your boat and mark them on your GPS because you can cover so much more water. But with today's mapping, you can find a lot of those spots just on the maps, right?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, with uh, the Lake Master maps in my area, even on uh, uh, large bodies of water, there's little sandbar fingers, and you look at the map, that's really strange. But as you're driving over them, every one of them is there, and the fish are sitting between them. And I wish I had this technology when I first started guiding, but... I want to say, I got I got to say this, there's many times I have a lake that has big panfish, big perch, big crappies, big bluegills, and I have people hit it like a SWAT team coming through with tricked out four-wheelers and sleds drilling holes, and they Swiss cheese the whole lake, and they leave without a fish, and they know there's big fish, and they figured it's fished out. No, it's not. It's a lake that they forage on bloodworms, and bloodworms become active. It's clear water in the evening, and then the fish just show up everywhere that there's mud. So these little muddy dimples in the basin just team with fish right at dark or early in the morning or as the weather's changing, they race through these areas. So finding a good area that has food, and especially on this lake, which was a bloodworm lake just loaded with them, uh, as soon as they left, I had the whole lake to myself and a hammered fish. And it's just little simple things like that that could take out the most technological angler. It's it's. it's and not not a funny thing, but it just goes to show you that no matter how much technology you got, you still have to have common sense, and uh, you've got to know what's going on.
1: Absolutely. One quick thing, and we're only going to have a couple minutes for this, but you talked about instead of just dropping, everybody wants to get a tungsten jig now and get their lure to the bottom as quickly as possible. You like to take, sometimes that's the best approach, but you also take another approach, which is called fishing from the below the ice down, or the bottom of the ice to the bottom of the lake. Tell me about that.
2: Well, in, in a lot of lakes, there's clear water, and some lakes are dark, but in clear water lakes, fish readily see in 20 feet or less what's coming down below the hole of the ice. As things are falling, as, as minnows swim through under the ice or ba- or insect life, fish are focusing up, no matter what species of fish. And as I'm dropping a bait, I can see movement, uh, a shaking or fins moving something happening on a sonar and you can see it on a knock if you're playing this day just by pointing it at it but you can watch the fish get ready and agitated as the bait's falling in whether it's a little spoon or it's a jig it doesn't matter i just slowly move it down and flashy spoons are awesome like a buckshot rattle spoon or even a glow shot spoon dropping it and refracting it off the ice ice is like a shiny satiny mirror facing downward and when you when you drop a spoon and it tumbles it refracts off the ice and looks like a school of minnows. And a lot of times fishing with my buddies, my goal was to have all the fish under my hole. It's competitive out there, especially fishing with friends. And so I use flashy spoons and in some lakes uh, glow spoons. But as you're dropping it down, the fish get more and more revved up, and they hammer it. And even in deeper water, the fish could see it halfway down. And when your jig or your lure finally gets there, they smash it. And then don't drop it too far. You want, when you're fishing crappies, we always know to pick off the fish and try to lead them up above the school, catch, catch the fish and bring them away so you don't disrupt the school, and we call it blowing up your school of fish because literally at an aqua view, if you, if you play it in fast motion, it looks like the school blew up. They go every direction if you set the hook on a fish right in the middle of a school. So you lead them away and then catch them, and it works on a lot of different fish, and in clear water, it's it's exceptionally good, but even in, in in slightly muddled water, it works really great, and the fish really know it's there.
1: All right, Brian Bro, we are out of time. There's so many more things I want to talk to you about. Maybe before the end of the year, we'll get you on again and talk about some more ice fishing. But thank you for being our uh, leading off our legends of ice fishing. You certainly are that. If people want to get a hold of you, want more information, how do they find you?
2: Just go to the, the Bro Roadshow or Brian Brosdahl and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and you can see everything there and shoot me a question.
1: All right. My friend, we've got to get back on the ice. It's been a few years.
2: That would be awesome. It would be my my pleasure, and I'd love to get Karen out with you too.
1: All right. But she can't come. She outfishes me all the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's okay. The women make us look good.
1: All right. Thanks, bro. Yeah, have a great day. You Be bet. safe on the ice, everybody. You bet. Thank you, Brian Bro an Incredible, accomplished ice fisherman. Great tips there. We're going to take a quick time out. And speaking of great tips, uh, Ronnie Castiglione is going to join us, and he always has some right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. We're going right to the phones. One of our favorite contributors is joining us. and Mr. Ronnie Castiglione, we've been talking a lot of ice fishing because everybody got excited about it, but the weather got nice, and right now I think the thing to be is open water.
3: Absolutely, Mr. Terry Wickstrom. You know, I'm actually calling you from Horsetooth Reservoir this morning, and we are out, and we've had no problem catching a lot of smallmouth this morning. You've got one real nice walleye to come to the boat already, and fishing's outstanding right now up here at Horsetooth, so you know, I know people have ice on the brain right
1: now, but, uh, you know, there's no need to put the long rods away quite yet, Terry. Oh, we've got, and you know, on the front range, especially it Warm Back Up, there's no Broncos game tomorrow. It's going to be beautiful out. There's still plenty of time today. We're going to get kind of a cool day on Monday, but that won't shut it down. And then it's going to be pretty seasonal the rest of the week, and the boat ramps are open. Uh, this is the time to get out. So how are you approaching it on Horse Tooth, Ronnie?
3: Well, you know, there's a few things to note about Horsetooth right now, Terry, so let's talk about those real quick. Uh, One thing to note is that the water is very, very high for this time of year, Terry. Um, Right now the lake is maybe just under 15 feet up from full pool, um, you know, the, the trees and the bushes Are only about 5, 6 feet away From going in under the water right now uh, That's unusual for horse tooth This time of year Usually on average this lake draws down Maybe 45, 55 feet every year But right now, Terry, it's very, very full So there's a lot of water in horse tooth There's a lot of opportunities To get at the water from the bank right now, Terry um, South Bay is one of the more easily Accessible areas as far as fishing from shore Usually by this time of year south bay dry dirt but right now you know i all the way down to the far end of south bay early this morning it was still 20 feet deep all the way on the very south end of the lake terry so there's just a lot of water out of here there's a lot of opportunities to get out now if you're approaching it from the bank Um, I would probably be in line of fishing something like a crankbait, maybe a jerkbait this time of year. Um, You're going to be able to cover a lot of water. You're going to be able to fish it anywhere from deep to shallow, and you won't get snagged a whole heck of a lot, especially with those suspending jerkbaits. If you're out on a boat this time of year, maybe you want to be looking a little bit deeper. And so this morning we've been fishing more in that, let's say, 40 to 65-foot deep range, doing a lot of uh, ripping spoons, ripping blade baits, working drop shots, things like that out there deep. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now. There's there's fish shallow and there's fish
1: deep, so there's there's definitely an opportunity to get out. What is the water temperature out there now, Ronnie? Water temperature is just a little above 50 degrees um, and it will
3: probably warm up. So if you were to come out here and fish just the last couple hours of the day before the sun comes down, uh, that water temperature in South Bay, especially may get up to like 52, 53 degrees. Um, you know, with this extreme amount of water in this lake right now, Terry, um, this lake's not going to freeze for a long time. Uh, if it's going to freeze at all this year. So I suspect Horse going to have open water pretty much all winter and uh you know, there's a good opportunity, even in the middle of winter when we can't get out on boats, to maybe still go ahead and get out on a hand hand launch craft, something like a kayak or a small boat, or just do some shore fishing as well, Terry.
1: No, you're right. And it holds on. We don't talk about horsetooth as often as we should, because it tends to fish a little differently. You know, Boyd is a real true shad-based lake, as is Cherry Creek, Chatfield, uh, Pueblo. But horsetooth has shad, but it also has smell. it has a variety of a forage in it, and that's why you find the fish at so many different depths and locations, because they can take advantage of different types of forage.
3: They really can, Terry, and there's a whole bunch of different predators in here as well, so uh, there are trout in this lake. There always are some. They actually stocked some in time like, again this last year. Um, you know, trout can be shallow this time of year, and especially if we get some some flow coming in. It seems like the water has been coming on and off as far as the inlet goes. They ran a bunch of water in a few weeks ago, and then it's been off. But I heard more water is going to be going in all winter long. And so if you time the inlet being turned on, then you get a lot of fish that push into that inlet in the middle of winter. We We get trout up there real shallow in that current. You get walleyes up there real shallow in that current. Um, you know out here on the main lake wildlife smallmouth those are are pretty predictable Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised on a day like today if we you know ran into a a white bass or a wiper or a trout or something like that as well maybe some perch you know we see a lot of nice perch this time of year up here at horse tooth and maybe even some panfish the bluegills Terry the bluegills really took off this last year as far as the size they came into the lake in numbers a few years back but this year people were catching bluegills that were the size of their hands Terry so you know Those are good eight to twelve inch bluegills. Uh, We're seeing more numbers of those,
1: and I know there's there's a bunch of those in this lake as well, Terry. So um, you've got such a variety of predators and a variety of uh, prey. Is there something you focus on the most? Let's say you're out in your boat right now. You're are you fishing for what size of the smallmouth, and are they fishing on smelt or shad? You know, we're focused right
3: now on finding the bait fish. It doesn't necessarily matter if they're smelt or shad we're seeing we're just looking for them to be pushed to some structure so it's really about finding the clouds of smelt that are deeper at that 40 to 60 foot range and figuring out where they're actually hitting the rocks where they're actually bumped up to the bank those are the areas we're kind of focused on and then we're also seeing shad shallow as well this time of year that are getting pushed up near the bank or we see them on the graph and they're down there 30 35 40 feet deep as well a lot of the times we're looking for those to be balled up you know next to the next to the rocks next to some of the backs of the points, the bluffy areas, things like that, maybe on top of some of the humps that are out on the main lake. You know, if we can find the bait, then it just kinda of makes the, the lake a lot smaller and then we'll just kind of focus in those areas where it's hitting the structure. Uh, a lot of things we can get down there. You can you can run a, a jig down there, snap a tube jig real aggressively or a gulp minnow. You can work a drop shot which has been effective this morning. You can take a blade bait out and work it vertically or, or toss it like a yo yo and work it back into the boat. Uh, spoon a johnny darter lots of different things but it's just really about kind of using electronics and and focusing on those areas where you're you're seeing that bait making contact with the structure
1: ronnie we are out of time if somebody wants more information how do they get a hold of you fishfuldinker.com you
3: can get a hold of us there you can find me ronnie castellioni on facebook or fishfuldinker on facebook as well
1: thank you my friend we'll talk soon all right, Terry. You have a good one. You bet. We are way out of time, but I want to tell you, follow us on Facebook. If you followed us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, you would have known our, about our trivia today and a chance to win a prize. We do a couple of those a month. We're going to have a lot more. You'd have also known that Brian Bro, is going to, was going to be on the show today. Next week, I'm on assignment, and the editor-at-large for Field and & Stream and the editor of Trout Magazine Um, Kirk Dieter is going to do the show in my absence. I want to thank uh, all the guys behind the glass, Kyle and Karen, for making me look good, and we'll let uh, the Eagles take us to sports on 104.3 The Fan.